makes you not like the person, which will make you not attend to their needs. Uh, like she's like uh, Becky said, uh, not that you're stopping doing something, but that you're also going and doing something. Not that you're just stopping, because you could just sit on the sidelines and never help anybody, and you're not necessarily doing anything bad, but you're not doing anything good. Good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Also, inconsistently being on the lookout for how much emphasis he wanted to put into this with the amount of time that he spent articulating this. And that was something I kept in mind once I started to realize how drawn out this example was. Did you guys struggle at all in understanding the second half of verse 6? Because um, Manasby is so confusing. It says, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Oh, I researched that. I was I so confused. Too. <laughs> and I actually went, ended up going back to the KJV, um, which translated it, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Mm -hmm. Because in the Jewish culture there, uh, you know, they were persecuting Jesus because he was equalizing himself with God. But because he was God, it wasn't robbery. Because he was God. Thought that was uh, important. 
I know it's a, in a Bible study I did as far as reaching the people of the Mormon belief system, this was one of the main verses that they talked about because, you know, they don't believe Jesus was equal with God. And I have a stepbrother who's Mormon, and we've actually kind of peeled this verse apart a little bit. And, of course, he just goes back to the Mormon Bible and, you know, just doesn't even um, really acknowledge it. But because, you know, there's no way to get around um, that Jesus absolutely was 100% God. I have trouble with being Muslim faith too because they also, they also yes. say that and I, I'm just like, how do you believe anything? You know, how do you believe part? Where do you start? Yeah, <laughs> but I, think, I know the Quran, like Jesus says different things that he says in the Bible. They're like a little different. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, I think they've taken that out of it. And I think Josh McDowell uses it too in his, I'm not sure if it's evidence that demands a verdict or one of them, because he talks about how the Jewish, you know, if that, I mean, this is why he was crucified, because he was claiming to be God. I think that's what you were getting to. And, you know, because they just would not tolerate that, um, you know, somebody else is claiming to be, to be God. Um, in verse 7, it Seven. 
there's a, a little asterisk in mine that says um, after he he made himself nothing, it says on the bottom he laid aside or he laid aside his mighty power and glory. So, and then continuing on, it goes on and it says he took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. In Greek, and it says it's in Greek, and was born in the likeness of men and found the appearance of man. Eh, I already know that. But I just thought that was kind of cool. I just figured I'd let you know what mine says. I just thought it was interesting. Um, going back to what does it mean to make himself nothing? You know, what if you're nothing, you don't exist. <laughs> you know, well, what does it mean? Because obviously he still existed. What was he talking about? Um, I think then it's, um, what did you say, uh, he put down his authority? Or? I'm sorry, for what? Which one? You said he had to put down his authority or something, and that's becoming nothing for him. Because oh, he's losing he laid aside his mighty power and glory. His power and glory. Losing yeah. that is becoming nothing. Right, right. But it's not like a, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Mine says that he humbled himself. So I'm just thinking, hearing those two paired next to each other, that, I mean, if you pair the thought of humility up with Christ laying down his power, it certainly has some implications on the word humility. Um, this, oh, this convicts me um, just in Sunday school class teaching, you know, because I technically have the power and authority over these children. In um, just knowledge and years based, you know. Um, but I'm serving them. I'm supposed to be serving them um, for the, the, their growth as Christians. Um, and make sure that my love for them doesn't become puffed up, become uh, improper. I was just pondering in my head, where's that line between making yourself lower than, you know, than others, and then still having a sense of authority at certain times, or coming across as confident and self-assured, but then how does that intermingle? I've just been sitting here debating this in my head, what that should look like. Do I any of you? it takes away from your authority. No, but I'm just... just how do you handle that? No, I mean, yeah. it's a, it seems like it would be a tough path to navigate. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's I take it more it's putting their needs first. Um, for instance, just in a Sunday school situation, um, you know, you can be like you know you can be a great teacher and your gift is handling is teaching. You know, lecture style with a PowerPoint. But you have this group of students who's very kinesthetic. This is a really surface issue. But, you know, so you take the extra time to put a play together or get props so they can dress up or get play or whatever so that they can learn better. Do you know, like, yeah, I know that's really, really surfacey, but that's kind of, because I just started teaching Sunday school and I was really thinking 
that. And I think it can even go to things like the temperature of the room. Because that's always a joke at church, you know. The pastor's hot, everybody's cold, what do we do with the temperature? And, I mean, it doesn't have to be an issue, but if everybody was putting themselves first, the people would be, you know, the older women would be saying, well, the pastor needs to be comfortable. And the pastor would be saying, well, you know, everybody else in the congregation needs to be comfortable. And I know they're all really minor things, but... Yeah. I don't know how that how, what that really looks like. And I've been thinking back if I've really had a situation where I've been in where I feel like I've, I've maybe been served that way. And so I'm not really sure what it looks like. Off of your question, uh, and it sparked in my mind, is then our view of authority by our culture skewed in the way it should be? Maybe. Because, you know, our culture says if you're in power, you have peons. They do stuff for you. You know? power your servant. Yeah. Is that it's kind of like uh, how Dr. Kramer was saying the other day at, with the authority le levels, you know, and he said he had the deacons above the pastor, you know, the accountability, you know, where does the pastor go to, you know, things like that, you know. Um, I think another good example is also um, just a relationship most people have with their parents because your parents serve you so much during your life. You know, they do so much for you, you know, put you through college and things like that. And um, they do, they take a lot of sacrifices for you, and yet they're the authority figure, which I think that's kind of a. That's a really. That example just connected with me really, really well. I don't know why. I just, I, I like that. Like that, that works for me, is the way I see it. So. I think that's really good. Because that now I'm just thinking. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, she, well, she, she got me thinking when you were talking about helping the kids in Sunday school. I was like, oh, it's like, you know, parenting. It's what you do for people. Going off of your parenting, um, just from my observations of other people parenting their kids um, and my own parents, they had to draw a distinction between the kids' needs and the kids' wants. And if they're serving the kids' wants, the kids are not being served. If they're serving the kids' needs, the kids are being blessed and they're growing. And I think sometimes there's a fine line between the needs and the wants because the kid may want you to pay attention to them for five hours. And they have a need for attention, a need for validation, but you might not necessarily need to see them for five hours, they just might need to know that they are really loved and they are really um, worth something, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think in that sense, if you if you take um, the view of an authority figure as being kind of a parent, then you, not that you necessarily know everything about everything, but um, focus on the needs and then listen to the wants, I guess, would be a way to help balance that out take that a step further, it's loving you enough to do what's best for you, even if you don't like it. You know, that's kind of differentiating the needs and wants. Leadership takes a lot of that, though. Um, I'm into, is everybody okay with the with six and seven? Because I've really got something to say at that age, <laughs> if that's okay. Okay. Um, I really, really, really like that word that it says in mine. Uh, the word that says, 
and in human form he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on the cross. But he obediently humbled himself. He didn't just humble himself because he humbled himself because we're told to do that, because his father told him to do that. He just, it just speaks so much, you know, to know that Jesus even, Jesus had all the power. I mean, he was God, you know. But he still submitted, humbly. I think this is the, the climax of humility. This is the most humility anybody can ever have, is to die for somebody else. And, you know, I don't think that Paul is telling us that we have to go to this point, because he's giving Jesus an example for us to live like. Right, and it's kind of like the, I would jump before the bullet for you. Would you really do that? Or would we just say we do? You know, and, I'm oh, sorry, keep going. But I think that the, you know, this is the ultimate. If you were to go to this, this is the ultimate humility you could ever have for somebody. But try and, try and get as close to this as possible is your goal. You don't necessarily have to go this far as Jesus did. Um, but try, this is, this is glorification, let's yeah. say, you know, of humility, being humble for somebody. I really like the way it's written, I don't know, here's to, to it, I don't know if anyone else does this, but mine says, in being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, comma, even death on a cross. Like, as though that wasn't enough. Yeah. Now we have this. And so, like that, I don't know, that hit me a lot when I read it, just because you can see how the elaboration, the extra added detail is like, oh, it's the extra punch in the face of reality for you. I remember learning in, um, I forget if it was fifth or sixth grade or something, they didn't have a word for how painful being crucified was, so they had to invent one, and that is excruciating. And um, it it made well. First of all, it made me use excruciating a heck of a lot less than I am. First of all, but um, that's great. Uh, I it beyond being painful. It being crucified was humiliating. Like in Jewish culture, if you were seen in your I think it was an undergarment that came down to your knees or something. If you were seen in that, that was disgraceful. And they were hung on the cross naked. And, like, along major highways and everything for everybody to see. And it, to, to be put up there with complete humiliation when you didn't do anything wrong. Um, and it's, the other thing is, um, in one of my notes, the, the crucifixion was, for criminals, but specifically for insurrectionists. And Israel as a culture was extremely, um, what's the word, self-focused, but very patriotic, I guess. And Christ, like Israel is the bride of Christ. And so to be put in the position of you're an insurrectionist against Israel has got to be I don't know how it was for Jesus, but if I were in a position where this is the people that I love above everything else, and you are saying, 
that I am trying to destroy you, that has got to be some intense pressure right there. You're saying uh, humility um, in the in the sense of um, embarrassment, and it caused me to think of, of my life. What am I embarrassed about Christ? You know, Christ went to ultimate embarrassment of the cross, and being hung naked, and killed that guy, um, and I'm embarrassed. 